Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. Today's episode's guest is Jody Paleo. Jody is a spiritual healer who does her work with Reiki as well as sitting down with her clients and making the connection between the brain and the body. But before we get to today's episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, we have uh, Jody Paleo on today. Welcome. Thank you for coming on to the Monkey Mind Podcast. I appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, if you can just introduce yourself to everybody, who you are and, and what you do in, in the mental health field. So my name is Jody, like Danny just said. I, um, I'm a spiritual healer about, I don't know, about 10 or 11 years ago, I learned Reiki. And once I learned Reiki, I realized that there was a whole another way that you can help someone work through what's going on in their mind and their body to provide some healing. So I started to dabble in doing some Reiki and also sitting down with them and talking to them about what their body is trying to tell them and how their mind might be interfering with their body's ability to heal. And I started to discover that there's lots of traumas that can be stuck in our bodies. And we may not even recognize it. We become so used to it, it's almost like just having your left uh, pinky finger. It's just there. You're just used to it being there. But then once you start to heal it, you start to realize all the things that you um, didn't recognize were holding you back. You get rid of blockages is what we Mm. like to call it a lot in Reiki. Okay. And how'd you get into that? What made you, what was like the starting point that that got it all for you? Got it all going? That's really, that's an really cool question because actually um, I have four kids but at the time I had two and my daughter Natalie uh, she was I think two and a half at the time and I just had my son and they both had these horrible horrible gastrointestinal problems you couldn't figure out what was going on they I was in the doctor's office all the time I was about to lose my job because I had to take all this time off of work and so I went to go have some Reiki for myself actually feel better Mm -hmm. and when I was there she said you know you should learn Reiki to do it on your kids so I did and I went home and I did it on my kids and they got better not because I went took them to the doctor Mm -hmm. not because I changed their diet not because I followed what they told me to do it's because I did Reiki on them so that's when I realized this is kind of a miracle thing that can bring about so much healing and I really wanted to bring that to other people as well interesting and what was so what was the what's the process like with reiki how do you because i've i've heard of it i think a lot of people have heard of it i think it's kind of becoming something that's maybe more popular now but what's the process of it and kind of getting started and 
when you're doing it, what is it exactly? So Reiki is not very well regulated. And there are a lot of the teachings are pretty much passed down. It's word of mouth, basically. Okay. And there are four different levels, at least in the Sui and the Shambhala Reiki that I know of. And you start off by going to a practitioner and learning those four levels. Um, you can start doing Reiki after just learning Reiki one. It's not like you need the fourth one, okay. to, but you need to have all four in order to be able to teach. Okay. And to pass that along to other people. Okay, gotcha. And then I want to talk into talk about like the mental health piece now. We, we spoke about that before. Um, obviously, even when you were at the rink and I met you, we had a nice conversation about it and like the, yeah. the spiritual aspect that you take on it. And um, I want you to kind of dive into that and your thought process with that and how it, you know, coincides with mental health and as a whole and um, just being connected with yourself and, and your body and your spirit. It's very important, I found. It's actually what I base my practice off of. It, you really don't feel well if your mind, body, and spirit aren't in congruence, if they're not in balance. And oftentimes you can try to overcome that by focusing just on one area. Mm -hmm. But all three are really integral to feeling happy and being well. The way that I do spiritual work with others is that when they come and they sit with me and they work with me, I talk about the energy that their body is is feeling. What, what are your emotions? What are your feelings? And how that might be affecting you. And then we go into not necessarily trying to say there's something wrong with your thinking because that inherently tells you there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with anybody. There just may be some things that you've picked up, some thought patterns and they're running on autopilot yep. without even knowing it. And so in the spiritual sense, the approach is, is to come in and let you know that you are not your thoughts. You are not your mind. You're actually a spiritual body that's having a human experience. And to connect to that spiritual part, your soul, that sense of like that still small voice within that lets you know when you're feeling like what's right, what's wrong, it's such a peaceful amazing place where you just feel completely connected and complete there's mm -hmm. nothing more that you need to do when you connect to that then it becomes so easy to identify those thoughts patterns and to be able to sort of dissect from them mm -hmm. get some distance between them and then you can really begin to see things from a different perspective so the healing doesn't come from actually taking those thought patterns and tearing them apart. It comes from actually taking a step back and getting into a natural state where you feel more connected to your spirit. Yeah, which I feel like is something that's kind of lacking right now with just how stimulated we are with everything. And I think the lifestyle that we all live, it's always so go, 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 that you don't really have time to take a second and ask yourself how you're feeling or just be present in the moment and check up on your body. Not so much being present in an activity, but just more so being present in yourself and just kind of doing that self-regulation. Um, and I think it's so important. I think that's kind of why people are so stressed and, you know, it, it's just a, a fast-paced life that we're living. I agree. I think that we've gotten so used to it that we think it's normal. Mm -hmm. and, and really, if you sit back and you go and have a massage and you realize just how tense you are, yep. it should be such a clue to us that we're really putting too much pressure on ourselves to be more than what we need to be. But there is always this fear 
that's kind of running around with all of this sort of uh, all this information that's coming. Am I doing it right? Did I do this? Exactly. Did I miss this? And so it kind of always automatically puts us in this state of anxiety that we don't really need to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always a tough thing to battle. It's that, am I doing this right? Or it's that lost feeling. I know personally I felt that big time. And um, I think that's why having a connection to something spiritual, whatever that whatever that is for you, whether it be religion or just <clears throat> just believing in a higher power or just being believing that you're a spiritual body and understanding that, or a spiritual, uh, like a soul, having a human experience, just I think we often can get disconnected from that. Yeah. And that's why I think that whatever it is for you, if it is religion, great, if that's important to you, I think it's important to have some sort of belief in something bigger than ourselves and, and a higher power that, that is inherently good and that this is a good thing that we're, what we're going through, this human experience. And, and it's, but it's hard to understand that, and that was something that I struggled with immensely at, at times throughout my life and it is a very anxious feeling to almost not feel like you're in control but wanting that control and then we just kind of overstimulate ourselves with things to like make make us feel like we're having control like that's what I would do you know what I mean I do like I just you feel so hopeless at times and just like I can't do anything right right now mm-hmm. and then you kind of lose belief in whatever it is you believe in for me it was I believe in, G- I believe in Christian I believe in Jesus and so, so um, but I don't negate anyone else because I don't feel that they're wrong because I can't prove anything. They can't prove anything. It's just, hey, I respect everybody. This is just kind of what keeps me in line right now. But I just kind of want you to talk about how that that piece of being connected to something higher than yourself and, and having that, that connection to your soul and, and like religion or spirituality is so important because I feel like it, we kind of drift from that a little bit. You know, you, a lot of morticians, I, I know that sounds really kind of um, depressing, but uh, that's typically when I I talk to them and I tell them what they do, that's what they say to me. They say, you know, after someone passes away, they feel so horrible for the people who are grieving because they're so lost because they don't have that connection, just like you said. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like foundation to fall back onto that there is something out there that's really amazing and powerful, immense, bigger than us, that's watching out for us and taking care of us Mm -hmm. and that everything does happen for our benefit one way or another. And if you think about not believing in something like that, you're automatically going to wake up rather anxious and fearful, Mm -hmm. believing that at any given moment there could be something terrible that will happen if you don't do all of these things, you know, like um, get straight A's in school, be accomplished. You know, if you have an injury in sports and you're out oh no, my, my whole life trajectory is ruined, but actually it might be that there's something so much more yep. better for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much cooler. And that injury opens up so many doors that you never would n- ever experience if you didn't have it. So not to say that those feelings of despair are you know not valid, they are, but it's also very helpful to have that basis where you say, wow, like, okay, I felt that way for a minute, and I get that, I'm grieving it, and now I'm going to see what the world has to offer me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I can, that, mes- that message resonates with me so well, because when I was at like a pretty low point with hockey, it was kind of like, this isn't in the trajectory that I'd like it to, but you kind of just were forcing that, you know, like forcing the square into the into the round hole, you know what I mean? You're just kind of trying to make it work, and it's crazy that an injury kind of took hockey away from me for a bit and then ultimately the pandemic and now 
it, it felt so low that I had lost this thing that was so important to me. But sometimes we can't close the doors on ourselves when we when we should. And I just felt like I was kind of pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And I need to make this happen. I am forcing it in a sense that I have to keep playing and playing to prove to myself, to prove to whoever. But I feel like this pandemic in a way has been beneficial for me with taking it away from me and not having these opportunities to keep playing in a sense. But now it's opened me up to the coaching side. And, and this is so fulfilling. I'm back in a place that I love it up here in Maine. And I think that what you were kind of going off what you were saying about how these doors close on us and they seem bad, but new ones open. And it's like, it's kind of out of your control in a way, but it, it ends up working out. And it's kind of weird how that happens that you, it's like, wow, what was that, you know? It, it, it is like, wow, what, what was yeah. that? <laughs> That's where I, a lot of times I see miracles. I People talk about miracles because they say, oh my God, like I, I never, ever, ever would have noticed that there's this whole new career in this path that was available to me that really fulfills me. And I never would have known that if I didn't have that injury. And so you kind of can look at that as like there was somebody out there looking out for me. Mm -hmm. And that I tend to look at those as like the little miracles. Oh, yeah. Experience. yeah. Definitely. I mean, the, thing, the things that you want and you think that you need in your life aren't always um, that. And I think that there are things that come into control and say, hey, like this isn't what you need right now or this isn't what you need at all. I have bigger things for you, bigger plans for you. And having faith in that and just you have to put in 100% of your effort and buy in as well. You know, you have to be an equal participant in that, but you know, sometimes you have to look at that perspective. And I think the perspective shift is something huge that I think is talked about, but to really practice it is another thing that's pretty tough. It is. One of the, a lot of the great spiritual teachers out there, they, um, they oftentimes say, you need to ask yourself a, just a basic question. Do you see the world as being a kind, benevolent world? Or do you see it as being scary and hostile? Mm -hmm. And if you do, you know, ask yourself that question and you find that you mostly answer with it feeling hostile and scary, then you you won't have a different life than someone who sees it as kind of benevolent. But you'll feel and your experiences will be a lot more. Pe they'll, they'll be different. Yeah, they'll, they'll be um, much more fretful, full mm -hmm. of fear and despair. Um, so it's kind of just starting there. It's yeah. a good place. Yeah, and what you focus on, from what I've noticed in my life, what you focus on tends to be what you receive back. And I think if you focus on the negatives that are in your life and the things that you lack, that tends to be what is the feedback. But if you focus on the things that you do have and just being grateful for those things, you're automatically put into a, a state of... I guess joy in, in what you do have and you do you do feel like feelings of reciprocation back and you start to kind of feel better about you know the, the places that you're at right now in your life and you know, I feel like more things come your way in a sense but when you focus on those negatives it feels like you wake up and then you stub your toe and then something else happens you get every red light in the way to traffic and I just feel like those things actually do compound <laughs> they do but the funny part is is that that example is so perfect because they're have been times where I've had experience of talking to someone like I got every red light and then I got to the street that I was supposed to turn on and there was a car accident and I got every red light and thank goodness because it stopped me from maybe that car accident so there's always this reason and so you're right about that perspective if um, you come in and believe that everything is bad then you're just going to feel that and you're mm -hmm. going to look for it you're going to focus on it 
Exactly. And then you don't get to see the good, mm-hmm. and then you don't feel good. Yeah. So it's um, it it is um, it's a little tricky because getting yourself out of that, it's you can't tell yourself. Well, you can, but I'm gonna advise you not to. I'm gonna advise you not to tell you that your thinking's bad or wrong, or that there's something wrong with you. Instead of what I'm gonna say is that there's a place in time in your experience where you started to feel some things were starting not to feel great Mm -hmm. and this is what ended up coming into your mind and this is what you focused on and now in order to change you have to give yourself compassion and love and shine light on all of the beautiful things about you and then that really helps to open up yeah i um if you can talk about the things that you specifically kind of tell people in your work to help them shift that perspective what are some of the things that you do tell these people? I, I know that um, a lot of like what you were saying about the thought loops and how we kind of get stuck in these when things start going rough and then you all of a sudden like years go by and you still kind of, your, your, your wiring is just programmed to run this on autopilot like you mentioned. Yeah. So how do we get ourselves out of that? I know that you know attitude of gratitude and writing down three things you're grateful for for 21 days helps rewire your brain for happiness is, is something I saw. Um, that makes sense. Like, is that like, what are other examples of things like that and things that you tell the people that you work with say, hey, do this and have this perspective and slowly you'll start to notice a difference? You know, it's, that's such a beautiful question. And I've noticed that it's so different for every single person. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of what I do is that I can really meet with a person and just wherever they are is where I meet them. And so their prescription for happiness is gonna be wildly different than maybe someone else's. I can kind of share with what I'm working with now. Um, you know, I, I do have a client who tends to be incredibly anxious without knowing it. So her prescription for happiness is actually to find her calm. And when she finds her calm, then she realizes that she's been going a million miles an hour and doesn't even realize that she can take a breath and appreciate what's happening around her. And so that is what we work on most of the time. And finding her calm does mean that she needs to let go of a lot of the sort of really rigid rules that she was brought up with. In order to be a good person, you have to follow this uh, rule book. Mm -hmm. If you don't follow the script or this rule book, then you're bad and you have to beat yourself up. And so it comes to sort of helping her to recognize that that was maybe just the perspective of the people that she grew up with, but there's something so much broader and wider. Mm -hmm. That's how that's been helping her. Um, Other people that I I work with, they may have had a lot of trauma growing up who have left an impression, um, causing them to see the world as being some place to hide from and be afraid of than it is to be open and to see themselves as being someone who is even protected even during the darkest hours because whatever they had to go through it helped to open up and unveil and unleash things that will help them to have a fuller experience in life so hard to see at that time though and you know I can't bring someone there until they're ready when I'm doing trauma Mm -hmm. work but with this particular client when he's ready for that and so we work through those sort of impressions that have been left and how to release them so that he can open up and see the world as being a bright, happy place, Mm -hmm. not full of terror. Um, And so 
there isn't necessarily a, a prescription that I, I use. It, it's so specific for whatever somebody needs at that time. Mm-hmm. If I were to give advice to everybody, I guess I would say that um, you know, loving yourself and having compassion are the two most healing things that I've ever seen in the practice of what I do. And I teach people that never ever um, think that you're bad. The impressions that you have, the thought processes, the things that have happened don't make you bad. There's no such thing really as being like bad because you think one way or bad because you're not doing it the way that you were taught to do it. You yourself are such an individual and you're so unique and you were made this perfect version of who you, of whatever I believe in God. So I'm just going to say God wanted on this earth. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to have compassion and to allow yourself to be, you know, come out. Don't, don't stuff yourself. Exactly. Yeah, we, I think a lot of the times we beat ourselves up and feel as though we're not doing it right. Yes. And it's like, what is right? And that's just like doing what you want and doing what makes you most fulfilled and happy. And I think that I learned this lesson. Um, I'm still learning it. But there, I had like a crazy perspective shift in my freshman year of high school. I had this uh, religion teacher, Doc Hartling. Um, cool. He was awesome. I loved the Grateful Dead. Introduced me to the Grateful Dead. And like... I went to Catholic school my whole life, one through 12, but in grade nine, freshman year, the first day of class, you know, he said, the Bible isn't supposed to be taken literally. It's a book on guidance and kind of follow that in the way that you want, in the way that you feel is most comfortable to you. And I think that some people that may rub the wrong way and some people that might resonate with them. And for me, it just kind of shifted my mindset because I feel like I always followed it. Like you have to do this, 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 and this, and this. And for me, for some people that works and that's great, if that's what works for you, unbelievable. But for me, I felt like I was always like kind of had this thing looking over me like, are you doing this right? Are you doing this right? Are you doing this right? And then you beat yourself up and you just kind of keep beating yourself up and beating yourself up. And I feel like you have to give yourself a break too. And that's something that I've, I've learned the hard way and just you dive yourself or make, dig yourself a deep hole because you just feel so negative and you feel like you're doing everything wrong. But you have to learn to give yourself a break. And I just... I can't stress the importance of that enough, and that's just something that you kind of touched on and mentioned, which I think uh, I just want to reiterate that. No, I think that's beautiful. That That's really nice. I mean, that, that goes along with uh, like what so many people who believe that there's some sort of rule book or doctrine yeah. that will make you a good human. Exactly. And, yeah, but goodness is already inherent in all of us. I'm going to back that up a little bit. Some people are, some souls are put into bodies where the brains aren't, um, there, there might be a way that it's formed and there's, it's difficult for a person to feel empathy or, um, you know, that like I think that they're psychopaths, you know, or, so I can't say that there's, I will not blanket that and say that goodness is inherent in all of us. Their goodness has been muted somehow, but the soul is good. It's just the human body. Interesting. I haven't heard that one before. That's uh, <laughs> kind of making me think. I, I always thought that people were always inherently good, but to kind of have that feeling of like some people just it doesn't, I guess, click easier. I, I do understand that in a way, but I, I like to think that everyone's inherently good, and then it's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe some people just not, don't have the wiring for it. I don't know. <laughs> well, they, they, they don't have the – they may not be born with it or something's happened okay. that has – and, but that doesn't mean that they can't, mm-hmm. you know, 
transform or grow or develop it. I mean, it's certainly a possibility, but mm. um, it is important to uh, know if you've got their hair on the back of your neck that are coming up when you're talking to someone, that's sort of your gut, your intuition. That's sort of someone saying, you know, listen, just listen. Something doesn't feel right here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just go with that. Yeah. And I actually love that you mentioned that. I think our body's a big time signal for us mm -hmm. in our tr and finding our triggers. I, I know I want to go back and talk about what you mentioned about um, your triggers and how you prescribe everyone something different for their happiness. And I think that what triggers some people that makes them anxious or uneasy is different for everybody. And I think that you can use your body as a way to discover where you feel anxious and where you find your triggers. And then you can also use your body to see where you're feeling most fulfilled and most happy. And I think that we try and use a, a one track mindset and say, hey, this works for this person, I gotta do it. Right. I think what works for everybody is, is completely different or each and every person. I think the same goes for noticing what is making you anxious or uneasy. I think it's important to take, a, take some time and listen to your body and see, hey, like I'm uneasy right now. Why is this making me uneasy and going through the thought process that way? Is that something that you tell people when, when you work with them? I do, especially when I hear someone say, hey, um, you know, this particular situation, or I, I respond to this person like this and no one else does, and there must be something wrong with me. And I, I reassure them, no, there's something very much that your body's trying to tell you. There's something very much that your spirit's coming through that you're, you're getting some legitimate messages there. And the worst thing you can do is to ignore it or push it down or push it away. As silly as it may seem, as dramatic, there's something very real happening there for you. Mm -hmm. And you're worth it. And you need to look into that. And that's part of your job here. Your job is not to pretend like you don't have those feelings or to say, oh, I, I don't have those feelings, so I'm, I'm cured. No, it's actually to pay attention to them and see what messages or what your experience is with that particular mm -hmm. person, um, you know, or an idea or um, place or job or, you know, whatever you have going on. Mm -hmm. What do you feel, in your opinion, is the reason for, I guess, this rise in people being more outspoken in, in their mental health and how they've struggled. Do you feel like there is a rise in mental health issues or do you feel that people are just being more open to talking about it? And why do you feel that that's the case? I do think that there is a rise in mental health issues. I've been, I've read some research on that and it seems like it's pretty statistically valid that there is, is a rise in that. I do also believe that there's more tolerance in general in our society for a lot of different things and so it's wonderful, I think, that people do rise up and talk about um, depression, anxiety, and how it affects them on a daily basis, and how it affects them at work, and how people at work are bothering them because they are insensitive to that. Sometimes I think that there are a lot. There's so many people, Danny, who are so sensitive, and they're just we beautiful, beautiful souls. They're so sensitive, and then there's a, a lot of people too who don't experience emotions the same way but who's to say one person is right over the other there's really no right or wrong mm -hmm. it's just your experience and so if we can make space for the people who don't have big feelings why can't we make space for people who do and experience the world that way mm -hmm. so I, I think it's I, I love that people are coming out and being more vocal about it and um, I feel like as mental uh, me as a health mental health professional I I'm trying to respond to the call. Yeah, no, exactly. And 
obviously your work is greatly appreciated in helping people and being for them. I think it's, there needs to be more people like that. And I think we all individually could help and impact each other as well. It doesn't have to come from a professional either. I think just being kinder to each other and being more patient with each other and understanding that we're all leading busy lives and we're all um, running around and, and trying to be our best selves, but not to take things so personally too. And do, what do you notice are some of the, I guess going back, what do you notice are some of the trends in maybe people that s just you know talk to you and um, as far as like triggers goes, like is there it seems to be like a common theme as to, you're noticing with people these days that is, is making them anxious or is it really just everyone's so different and it's hard to say? Actually, I think it depends upon the age and um, where you are in your life. And I do see trends depending upon where you are in young adults who are starting to come out and get their careers together. I see a lot of the, wow, I'm on my own now and this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I feel a little lost and my friend groups are shifting and relationship troubles. It's very difficult when you're navigating a relationship and um, trying to figure out how not to exhaust yourself at your job because a lot of young professionals get out there and they're like, I'm going to put everything mm -hmm. into it. And then they realize, oh, wait, I don't get my summers off anymore. I don't get that chance to actually recuperate and recover. Mm -hmm. And so, it, and then that insecurity and fear, you know, am I doing enough or... I don't understand the perspective that is happening at work compared to mine. So there's a lot of, so I see that. And then the underlying anxiety that I experience in high school students, middle school students, as well as in young adults is it, it there does seem to be this sense of just jitterness. I don't know how else to describe mm -hmm. it, but it just seems like when I sit down to talk to someone, they are always ready to be on the move to get up and go yep. to, you know, like what's what's going on here? What's going? What am I missing out on? And that I I feel has increased since I even started doing this ten years ago. Interesting. Yeah. So I've noticed that. And then for people who are a little bit older in my age, who are you know children, it's very different because there um, there is sort of the super mom, super man, super dad, super human. Thing going on with them where I'm going to juggle every little thing that possibly I'm going to be the best mom I'm going to be the best teacher I'm going to be the best housewife I'm going to be the best and then they as actually physically impossible it's quite impossible to be mm -hmm. that and so then there's that feeling I'm not good enough and how do I be okay mm -hmm. with that and then there's legitimate issues as well that people have are, are just you know daily basis kind of things like if you're coming from a place where you had a lot of chaos in your life, um, maybe you didn't have the best upbringing, and then, you know, those kind of issues that, you know, just trying to help someone stabilize yep. where they are. Interesting. I want to go back to the young adult part, um, just kind of talk about that, because I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in that range. Oh, cool. And I feel like a lot of people um, do feel those feelings. I definitely have felt it for for a very long time and then now in this profession um, that I'm in with coaching I do want to be as great as I can be and there isn't that feeling of am I doing enough and I want to do more and sometimes it can be paralyzing to feel like you're not doing enough and then you don't know at times where to start if it's a new venture and I think a lot of people can resonate with that message of hey I'm just getting into this professional career that I'm in I want to be the best and it's a very jittery feeling and I know a lot of people my friends have opened up to me about that as well so kind of what would you say to somebody in that 
moment and what they're feeling was it just kind of like slow down or I I would I I mean that's that's a wonderful example and yeah I do I see that a lot so I mean I it's just so prevalent it's there isn't a grade that you get when you start a job so you don't know if you're doing the best that you can and well you you are doing the best you can but if you are doing the best like you're not getting that feedback mm-hmm. right away so oftentimes I kind of say that the most important thing is to take a step back and to not let yourself cycle into that like vicious sort of is this enough did I do enough and then push yourself and push and push mm-hmm. but instead it's to kind of ground on what you know is what you can see have you gone into work every single day have you showed up have you answered your supervisors um, sort of like uh, basic things that they want you to do like are you there on time if you need to be there on time are you getting the to-do list done then are you getting feedback that's saying that you're not enough if you're not then generally when you become a young adult supervisors don't always tell you every day that you're doing enough they expect you to know and so you kind of have to base it off of that just like be very grounded in the way that you look at it almost um like basic kind mm-hmm. of yeah. yeah it all ties in together too because then like you said earlier on about you're not your thoughts right when you're doing these things that we were just talking about like your new um you know profession that you're in and you're having these thoughts it's controlling that and saying hey i'm not these thoughts i am giving my best i'm going all in i need to give myself a break and it's just it's hard to juggle that but tying those all in together it does create a formula of of, of success and, and feeling good in, in where you're at and what you're doing and I think that's kind of a good thing that people can take with them in this age range of that young adulthood where you're trying to do everything and trying to be the best you can but um, just knowing that those thoughts that creep in you're not that and if you're showing up every day and doing the best you can then maybe you don't get that feedback but you know you're doing what you need to be doing it's enough mm-hmm. it's enough it's, it's so enough you're enough everyone is enough and that's the other thing too is that if the fit isn't right for you that's not on you that's just it's not the right fit Mm -hmm. and so if you notice that it takes one so much effort for you to do something that is supposed to be a small part of your job then maybe it's because your brain works or your body is in a better rhythm in a different place Mm -hmm. and that's that's great to notice that a lot of times when I work with young adults, it takes them a long time to recognize when it's their thoughts, their anxieties, and then when it's a wrong fit. So I definitely encourage people to do exactly what you said, where you sit and you sort of say, how much is this the me being really worried? How much is this me putting too much pressure on myself? And how much is this that it's, there's something legitimately wrong mm-hmm. with the fit here? Yeah, interesting. And then we notice when that's off, our physical being is off and then I think that's why it's all connected with you know a rise in illnesses and you know the mental definitely affects the physical I lost like 30 pounds when I was oh. in a, yeah it's brutal and I was feeling I was worried about getting sick I know a lot of people have come on and talked about that and it's just that's why I stress the importance of this and, and I'm happy that you mentioned that about you know when you're off like your psyche's off and you're, you're not feeling great it's not you it's just the situation that you're in it maybe needs a, a shift but it's important to make that shift because you prolong that and you stay in that negative space or that space that doesn't really work, it can affect the physical for sure, at least in, I've noticed for me. No, you're absolutely right. And when it affects the physical and with what I do, once it's at the physical level, I know that there's, it's, it's gone deep. Yeah. You know, that's because that's a physical manifestation of the emotional. 
sort of trauma that you've experienced. And if it's coming out in that way, then you it's time to really, really, really take care of yourself. I mean, really, you gotta get serious about it. You know, go see counselors, go get acupuncture, go get Reiki healing, go, um, you know, if you're psychotropic medication, if that's something that you're interested in, I tend to do the alter, a different route where I would probably tell someone to try some herbs or to actually try to do some um, remedies from another professional. Okay. But that's just an option. There's mm-hmm. no right or wrong. Exactly. It's just another option. Can you dive into that? Absolutely. Because um, I don't really know too, too much. Um, I don't think many people do, but. Yeah, um. no, there's, um, so there's acupuncturists who you can go to who, um, they understand the body in a way and they can prescribe herbs that will help to naturally um, regulate hormones and imbalances. Okay. And if, for instance, if you have uh, anxiety, sometimes you may have a yeast overgrowth and that can cause so many stomach problems and it can actually cause cloudy thinking. And so someone, an herbalist could, or acupuncturist who works with herbs would help to restore the body's energy by putting in some needles that activate sort of those natural chi and those energy, Mm -hmm. the way that your body naturally moves. And then as well as give an herb to help to clear up the side effect of the anxiety, which would be the yeast. Interesting. Can you comment on which herbs that you've seen have been beneficial for people with anxiety? Uh, you know, I can't, unfortunately, because I am not educated in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I would trust every uh, every acupuncturist I've ever been to. I've trusted with that. Mm-hmm. So I would send anyone off to an acupuncturist yeah. who works with herbs. Well, it's interesting you mentioned about um, there's was there yeast overgrowth in your gut, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, because we've had many nutritional therapists on here before, and, and they stress the gut and the gut microbiome and how important it is yes. because of the gut. We've talked about this, I believe, the first time we met, correct? Oh, I think we did. With the yeah. vagus nerve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I'm, just, it, I'm happy that you reiterated it because we've discussed it before. Yeah. And it's just like another function of our body that directly affects our mental health and how there's more. Um, Jamie Shop, she was on one of the episodes um, on our podcast, she mentioned that there's more serotonin produced in your gut than, there is, than there is in your brain. But we think it's a chemical that comes from our brain, serotonin. and it, Or, sorry, dopamine. Dopamine. Okay, that makes sense. Dopamine. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I misspoke. No, it was don't do- worry. dopamine. It's okay. <laughs> but there's more dopamine produced in your gut than there is in your brain. And it's, you just mentioned about the herbals and how there's inflammation in, you know, with yeast in your gut. And it directly connects through the vagus nerve up, up to your brain. And it's just, I'm happy that you reiterated that because. I want to keep pounding it to people that, hey, this stuff is important with, you know, your your physical connection of the things that you take into your body and the things that you eat directly affect your mental health. And um, it's little changes. It's not it's not crazy stuff. It's it's also affordable, too. It's just you can go and have chicken and rice, brown rice, and that, that automatically is better than going to McDonald's. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and it's like a small change. Just go to Walmart and not the greatest source of chicken, but hey, it's better than going to McDonald's and making that small lifestyle change. By no means am I giving nutritional advice, but it's just like that's a small thing that I've implemented that, that can work. And, and slowly but surely it get, gets you better. No, you're right. Actually, there's been, I can't remember which famous person who died hundreds, hundreds of years ago who said that diet would be the way that we heal. And I've, I, I've seen a lot of um, kind of holistic nutritionists who have, stress that and I think you're right and I love that I, I think 
the one thing that I like to stress too is that our medical system is wonderful, but they don't always understand what causes the problem, right? So they may say, oh, you're depressed. Okay, let me give you this pill. Mm -hmm. It will help with your depression. But there's a really legit issue that caused that sadness and it can be healed. And it, it is oftentimes, you know, something that's complex and simple at the same time. And just going to talk to a counselor and going on meds oftentimes isn't enough. It really helps to try some of these other things like get on some acupuncture, do some massage, some craniosacral Reiki, and open up the energy sort of meridians in your body to try to get them back on track. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I haven't done the acupuncture yet, but that's something I'm going to have to try. But I totally understand about just getting a pill to solve the issue. And I don't want to dive too much into medication because I'm not well-versed in it. But it, yeah. from my personal experience, I was going through a rough time, and I was given, here, take Xanax. It helps with your anxiety. It does, yeah. So, and it did, but it also took away kind of like, there was like that black cloud, took away the black cloud, but it also like kind of took away that shimmer that life kind of has and that, I guess, that undertone of, of beauty that life has. And it kind of just made me feel flat. And I noticed what worked way better was getting out of the situation that I was in, more so than just taking Xanax. That's that's beautiful, Danny. I, I mean, there's uh, that's a wonderful way that you were in touch with your body and you listened and you trusted, and then you found something that worked better for you. And I, I definitely encourage everyone to do that. I, I do think our medical system is really stellar. Mm-hmm. I think it's really good, it's top notch, but there, I also believe that when you add these complementary therapies along with it and you listen to yourself and let yourself guide you, and if you're having a hard time getting in touch because of anxiety or depression, then someone can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And then you can really sort of be your own boss and sort of take control Exactly. Of what works for you. Yeah, that's it's. I try to tippy-toe over kind of that sort of stuff just because I don't want to steer anybody down any direction, but... I just think from my personal experience, it feels like just how easy I was able to get a pill to stop what, you know, was going on in my head and my thoughts. It was just kind of a little bit alarming to me with the ease of access to that. And just, I remember being stopped halfway through and I was explaining, he's like, so what, what would you like? And I was like, I didn't even get to finish, but okay. Like I just got prescribed Xanax and that was it. It's just like, all right, it's a little... <laughs> No, I and I, and I it, yeah. And medic, but medication works. It, it does work yes. for a lot of people, and I'm not negating that at all, but it's just like I feel like there's try other things before you just ingest something, ingest a pill. There's other ways that are, I guess, more natural mm-hmm. um, and that are more controllable with situations and nutrition and where you're at and that you can kind of get yourself out of that headspace that you're in before you just kind of say, no, all right, I'll take this pill and it'll all go away. Because I feel like it just subsides it, but the, pro- the things are still there. That's what I've noticed as well. I do notice too that sometimes someone's in a really, really low place or their anxiety's really high. Go ahead and you know start it, mm-hmm. and then, but also try to find the root cause, mm-hmm. You know, really work on it. And, um, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're in a situation where it's just the stressors are too high and that's exactly. where you need to be, yeah. yeah. And then there are legitimate people who do have um, a brain that was 
just it developed in a way where they do sometimes need to have something to help to regulate mm-hmm. some lithium or some um, they might hallucinate and see things that other people don't and in that case I don't know if there's anything other than medication that yeah. helps in those situations so it's all so specific to the person exactly exactly I've had people who've opened up to me just buddies and stuff about kind of what their experience has been and they have mentioned to me like hey like this is something you know I take medication and it helps me with this and I have to take it every day and you know we have open conversations like oh why do you feel like he's like well if I don't I definitely notice there's a a major difference and I'm in a a really bad place or my my attitude my mindset is is not where it needs to be so that works for him and that's why it's like well that's fantastic you know and if you're in a place like that then then hey that's the route that you have to take. Um, so I just, like, you know, like you mentioned, advocating for trying things out, for trying what works for you. It's not just this is going to be the quick fix. And it's constantly changing, too, because our situations in life change as well. And I want you to, you know, I'm sure you know about that and um, can reiterate on that message. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that we're both saying the same thing. I think it's so wonderful. It's that there's, you don't have to just accept that, okay, I'm depressed mm-hmm. and I have to take a pill every day. You don't have to accept that, and you don't need to also um, believe that, uh, that you know, you don't have to, it, changing the habits and patterns can make such a huge difference. And so it's um, kind of encouraging people to know that. Step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time here, so I just have a, a couple of following or closing kind of questions and, and statements, but I'm just uh, really appreciative of you coming on here and talking about this stuff. Um, cause it's not easy and it, I guess you could say it's becoming less taboo, but yes. I feel like, you know, you always have that secondary thought in your mind before you say something when it comes to this stuff, cause you don't want to offend people or say anything that could rub people the wrong way. But I'm just happy that you had, you know, had the time and, and, and were willing to come and talk about this cause I know it, it's not easy and it's, you feel like you have to tippy toe around things, but. I think the best way we can make progression in this is to have the most open conversation, no matter how hard it is, and just people talking and open up, opening up about, you know, their personal experiences and the work that you're doing. So I just want to reiterate that I'm very um, grateful that you came on and, and we're willing to talk about this. And um, before you know we close here, I was wondering if you can give some piece of advice or um, just a final note, maybe to someone struggling or um, just people out there in general that they can take with them or um, I guess just a, a final word of advice or whatever the case is. I do. I, I think that my advice to anyone is, is don't give up. If you find yourself in a situation where you're feeling really low, where things aren't, where you feel like you're stuck, where you feel like this is just the best it's going to get, don't give up. There's, there's something else out there that will help you. You just haven't found it yet. And the more open you are, the more that you can receive what's available to you. So open your mind, open your heart, open everyth- everything, your gut, to what, to the sense that you are here for a reason. You will have everything that you need when you need it, and it will come to you when you're ready to receive it. And if you're feeling like you're in a place where you're stuck, then start to put out that energy that you're looking for help and resources to come and and then start to notice the things that come across your mind and what comes across your desk or what just pops up on your phone because that is 
sort of the universal energy speaking to you what you give back out they're trying to reach back to you and help you so never ever just say um wow i'm just going to be miserable depressed for the rest of my life because that's that's not our natural state um, i don't have a huge internet uh, media page or anything set up i'm pretty chill and laid back mm -hmm. about what i do I, f I feel like it's if you find me it's because you need me and um and so i just want to be open to to letting people find me that way awesome well thank you so much and again super appreciate you coming on for your time no oh, thank you so much i appreciate it a lot it was wonderful to come and and talk about this it was great talking to you danny you're a great yeah. guy and uh and i do want to say if i did say anything that rubbed anyone in the wrong way i i certainly didn't mean to yeah I just want to put that out there yeah no <laughs> um yeah that's why i mentioned before about the yeah. kind of like the appreciation review coming on here because it's not easy and people do like you know shy away from openly talking about this stuff because it's, it's so hard yes it's it's like you don't want to offend anybody but it's like you have to have these conversations and have this share your perspective and i share my perspective and we talk about that because that's where the real ground is made and that's where you really find people help um or get the help just by being able to have these raw conversations so that's why i'm I know it's not easy, and um, I, I hope no one's offended by this conversation or anything, but just trying our best to help people. and you know, Show that there's another option out there. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. But thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you. This has been great. Thank awesome. you. If you would like to get in touch with Jody to utilize her services, you can reach out to her via email at jodyapaleo at gmail.com, J-O-D-I-A-P-U-L-E-O -E at gmail.com. And her Facebook is at Heal Holistically Now.